So this week, like Kate said, she was going to preach this week. She actually has like 90% of a message ready for today. But then um, throughout this week, and especially at prayer on Thursday night, so for those of you that don't come to prayer on Thursday nights, it's a great place to go. It really is. And uh, amazing things are happening even in our prayer group. And I just pray that uh, God's going to keep using all of you guys that are coming out to that because prayers are being answered. But uh, throughout this week, there's just been this like thing getting dropped on my heart, dropped on my spirit, where it got to the point on Thursday night where it's like, all right, <laughs> I, think this, I think the Lord's trying to get my attention. <laughs> and uh, so I talked to Kate, and she graciously said, well, then you speak. <laughs> Which meant she didn't have to finish her message, so she took that off, I guess. But <laughs> this week, uh, just with everything that we've been talking about, everything we've been thinking about, everything is simply standing faith. Standing faith is knowing who we are and what we are wearing to stand strong no matter what. Knowing who we are and what we are wearing to stand strong no matter what. Today, we're going to be using the armor of God as our core message, and for some of you guys that were at prayer on Thursday, I touched on some of this. We talked about some of this stuff, but it got me so fired up on Thursday. By the time I got home, I practically half preached a whole message to Caitlin at like 10 o'clock at night, <laughs> and she was like, maybe you should speak. I said, okay. So I think the whole church can benefit from this, and I'm just believing that this is going to keep pouring on our crazy faith that we've been building into over these last, like, three months. We have been pouring into our faith, building our faith, raising our faith levels, and man, Jesus is moving in this place. And I have no, I have no expectation of him to stop. If anything, I'm growing in my expectation that God's going to do something today because God is God, and I'm going to stop being surprised by when something happens, <laughs> right? That shouldn't be our go-to. We shouldn't be surprised when God moves. We should come expecting God to move and coming with our hearts prepared for him to move. All right, that's my rant. Armor of God. Ephesians 6, 10 to 20, these are some of my favorite verses in the Bible, and I'm going to read it from the NIV this morning. If I could, I would blend like five different versions together because each of them have their own little pockets of like, oh, I like how that one says that, and I like how that one says that. But this one, NIV, it's classic to me, at least. So here we go. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand. <laughs> take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of, of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, not just part, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. <laughs> And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up your shield of faith which, with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions. And pray in the Spirit in all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. 
With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the Lord's people. And Paul continues, pray also for me. And this is my ask too. That whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Jesus, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that your word brings life to us. That your word brings a foundation about us that we can stand on, Jesus. So, Lord, as we get into your word this morning, I pray that it would speak to us, that the words would jump off the pages, that the words would jump off the iPhones and the iPads even, Jesus, and and that we would just get rooted in you so that when we stand, we stand firm. So, Lord, bless your word today. Speak to each one of us, myself included, in your name. Amen. So quite a few years ago now, the years just slipped by, but several, several years ago, um, I had a series of visions um, that the Lord dropped on me at different points in time, but they're all related to each other. It's like God gave me this little piece of it, and then it was like a year and a half later, I got another piece of it, and then a year and a half later, I got another piece of it, but it was like they just all connected to each other. And I'm going to share some of those with you because... Some of you might not understand why a pastor would have a tattoo on his arm, (laughs) but that's where that tattoo came from. It's because I never wanted to forget the visions that the Lord gave me and what it did in my spirit. So the first vision I had, it was kind of like, who's watched Lord of the Rings? This is a non-judgmental thing. I love Lord of the Rings. Battle of Helm's Deep, okay? Imagine the Battle of Helm's Deep when, you know, all of the orc army, they're outside, all of um, the people of Gondor, they're all on the walls. They're ready to go, and they're a little freaked out. You know, there's the one guy that unfortunately loosed his arrow early. We talked about that on Thursday. We'll get to that. But that's kind of the picture that was in my mind, something similar to that at least. It wasn't exact, but it was similar to that. And I was up on that wall, and I had this sword in my hand. This sword was a big sword. It had an inscription on it. I have no idea what it said, but an inscription on it. It had a blue flame swirling around it, like a big blue flame. And I was ready to fight. I was standing on that wall. I was standing my ground. And the Lord said to me that you're being called to stand, to fight on my behalf, to fight in my battles, and, to, and that the Lord's, that spirit of the Lord would be with me through it all. So that was vision one. I was literally laying there. I remember exactly where we were. We were in Saskatchewan, of all places, <laughs> sitting at some friend's house. They have mosquitoes that could carry you away. It is gross. But anyways, that's where we were when we got that one. Fast forward a year and a half or so, and I got a second one. I was in the middle of this field area, and the enemy was all around. And I had that same sword, identical. It was, like, it was like the battle had progressed to the next space. I took that sword and I drove it into the ground hard. When I drove into the ground, the blue flame went like this and wiped out the enemy. It was like, it was like, what would be an example? I like movies. So in the Avengers, <laughs> when Captain America tells Thor to put his hammer down, 
and Thor hits his shield and it goes boom in the forest. It was kind of like that, but with blue flames, okay? That's, that's kind of what that looked like. And the Lord kind of said to me that my spirit will defeat it all. Like, don't worry about it. I got this. Sword was in the ground, okay? I had third vision. The third vision, I saw the sword sitting there, still in the ground. I didn't see the blue flame anymore, but it was still in the ground. And I'm going, Lord, what is this? Then he let me see under the covers, into the root systems. And that blue flame was burning out all of the rotten roots of everything. And the, what the Lord said, actually, there was a fourth one, actually. I forgot about that one. To me, and when the Lord did that, it was like, I'm cleansing. I'm restoring the underneath parts of what this is. And I originally thought that was for my old church. I actually believe that this was a word for my old church and this church possibly, where God wants to bring a restoration into place. And then the fourth one that I had, and this was more recently, I walked back out on that field. I picked up that sword. And it was go time again, ready to fight, ready to go for it. And I say all that to say this, that God has called us to stand and to fight. And this tattoo on my shoulder has Ephesians 6.12 on it to remind me who I'm fighting against. And so that I never forget that sword and that flame that I saw in those visions. Church, we are called to stand. But we are not called to stand defenseless, let alone unarmed. And Paul's instructions to us to put on the full armor of God so that we would be able to stand our ground. And after you've done everything, to still stand, right? We don't just stand our ground for the moment, okay? Well, looks like the battle's done. I'm wiped. I'm just going to go lay down for like a few decades and we'll call it done. No, he said that you'd be able to stand your ground and after everything, we'd still stand. We'd still be found as a people standing for Jesus. Standing faith, it's knowing who we are and what we're wearing to stand strong no matter what. So I'm going to work through each piece of this armor of God and just kind of nutshell them a little bit. But just to help us open up our minds to like some of the things that we're supposed to be wearing in our lives. These are things that God has given us that we can actually put on. We can wear these things, and they embody who we're supposed to be in this world. And we're going to start off with the belt of truth. Belts are a blessing. <laughs> there have been times when I forgot to put a belt on, and it was like, this sucks. Like, pants are just wanting to fall down all the time. Belts hold things in place. In case you didn't know that, if this is a revelation to you, you're welcome. But belts hold everything in place. <laughs> when we put on the truth, God's absolute truth, everything else stays in place. Okay? I believe that Paul started with the belt because he knew that belts are meant to hold things together. And he is saying the truth holds things together. Jesus even talked about the spirit of truth, which is the Holy Spirit, when the time was getting close to him to head to the cross. In John 15, 26, he says this, When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And he continues in John 16, 13, 
But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. The Holy Spirit can bring God's absolute truth into our lives. This isn't a, well, my truth is this, okay? Because my truth can shift and change. The things that I believe can shift and change. The things that I care about can shift and change and can, can um, change how I view situations. But when we get into God's absolute truth, God never changes, so his truth never changes. When we get that into us, when we put, wrap that around everything to hold it in place, power We've got power when we've got the word of God wrapped around us, holding everything together. And the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. Praise the Lord. You don't have to rely on me for that. (laughs) I'm so thankful. So thankful that he is the one that can speak truth into our situations. So put on your belts. Gird them up. Tighten them up. Make sure those pants aren't going to fall off. (laughs) Sound good? Good. I'm glad you're willing to wear a belt. Secondly, the breastplate of righteousness. At our core, right? Breastplates cover your core area. You're protecting our heart with the breastplate of righteousness. We are made righteous through grace by faith. Or by his grace through faith, sorry. That is how we gain righteousness in our lives. Romans 3, 21 to 24 says this. But now apart from the law now but now apart from the law the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify the righteousness is given in faith through Jesus Christ to all who believe not just some to all this breastplate of righteousness is for all There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. When we put on the breastplate of righteousness, we've already got the bell of truth on, God's absolute truth, but when we put on the breastplate of righteousness, we're saying, I know that my heart was not right, but now I've got your righteousness put on, right? That I freely accepted through, by, through faith by his grace. But that same breastplate of righteousness also covers our lungs. Kate brought that awesome message, praisey faith. What comes out of you when you get squeezed, right? We've got the breastplate of righteousness on. Nothing but praise to our Lord can come out of us. So put on the breastplate of righteousness, and like I said already, it's totally free. (laughs) You have free breastplate of righteousness today. Next one is the shoes of the gospel of peace. Now, when I think about the gospel of peace, it's not what, I don't know what you guys think about it when you hear gospel of peace, but typically what comes to mind when I hear gospel of peace is something that's gentle. Something that's not offensive. No, it might be full of rainbows and clouds and unicorns and nice pretty things, flowers, right? (laughs) I don't think that's actually what Paul's saying here. 
that the gospel of peace is this nice fluffy cloud situation that he's delivering. And this is what Jesus said about those who would follow him because we're supposed, we're, he said himself, we're ambassadors of Christ, right? We're bringing that message of the gospel with us where we go. We've got shoes on our feet and they're meant to be walked in and taken places. So we're bringing the gospel of peace wherever we're walking. In John 15, 8, Jesus says this, If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. Wow. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember that the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecute me, they will also persecute you. We can expect it. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. Then Romans 14, 19, this is something that Paul said. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and mutual upbuilding. When I look at both of those scriptures together, it's like, we can expect opposition when we're walking with the gospel of peace. We can accept, expect things to push against us because of whose message we are bringing to people. But then Paul's also saying for us to pursue things that makes for peace. So how does that go together? Well, back in, I believe it was January or February, we were doing uh, this series called Holy Habits in Life Group. And they talked about peacekeepers and peacemakers. Peacekeepers are the ones that just come along and go, everything's okay. Everything's good. <laughs> right? Let's just smooth it out. Let's just get rid of all the ripples, get rid of all the bumps, all of the dips. We're just going to make a nice level thing and everybody's happy. That's what a peacekeeper does. Now, a peacemaker, they come into a situation, they see those same ripples, they see those same bumps, they see those same ditches, and they're going, all right, we got some work to do. We, we need to put some effort into this, and we're, they're willing to even go to war on some things to bring proper, true peace. Not just a fluffiness, but it's like this is enduring peace. This is peace that's going to last peace. Sometimes we have to fight for peace and sow the seed of the gospel as we run forward doing it, right? When, we're, when we put the shoes of the gospel of peace on, we might be in a battle. Well, we are in a battle, not might. We are in a battle, and as we're going forward in that battle, we're also dropping seeds of the gospel as we go forward. Put on those shoes of the gospel of peace and take a run. <laughs> Next one is the shield of faith. Now, shields are typically used to defend, right? With maybe the odd head bashing in there for good measure. <laughs> That's how Captain America does it. <laughs> but our faith in Jesus acts like a shield against the lies and the attacks of the enemy. And I believe that through this whole crazy faith series, our shields have gotten stronger. Our shields have gotten bigger. And we've come alongside each other even. We're standing shoulder to shoulder with each other, holding up our shields and going, not today, Satan. We're going, you can bring your lies. You can bring your deceit. You can bring your distractions even. It's not getting through this faith. 
2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5, talks about how we wage war and take thoughts captive. For we walk in the flesh. We are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. The mind is the place that the enemy likes to attack the most, right? God gives you a word to give, and the enemy goes, <laughs> I'm thinking about Thursday night. You're going to look silly if you say it. Don't do it, right? That happened on Thursday night. But praise the Lord, the person said, I'm going to say it anyway. Because <laughs> I don't care if I look silly or not, devil. I'm going to say it. I'm going to speak the word of the Lord. And the same thing can happen when we have been given purpose by God. When we feel like we know what God is calling us to do or what our next step is that God's calling us to do, the enemy's going to come with everything he's got to try and distract us, to discourage us, to put us down, to say, did you really hear from God? You know, what did God really say? That was the enemy's tactic right from the beginning in the garden. Did God really say you couldn't eat this fruit, right? He goes for our thoughts. But when we have that shield of faith, when we're going, no matter what, Jesus, I know I've got faith in you. I've got faith in what you've called me to. You have called me to do this. I'm going for it. No matter the cost, I'm going for it. Hold your shield of faith up. Block those fiery darts from the enemy. Block them for each other. <laughs> right? We're a team. Every Sunday morning, we, we end prayer and we go, go team! Right? We're a team. Block for each other with our shields of faith. Sometimes someone's shield might get a crack in it. Well, it's a good thing you got one too, and you can block for them, right? Let's be a people who's, who is there for one another. And then there's the helmet of salvation. <laughs> this is the piece that really gets down to who we are. It was said on Thursday, too, that some of the root issues we've got is that we don't actually recognize who we are in Christ. Are we wearing our helmet of salvation, or did we forget that one at home? <laughs> Bible says we are saved by grace, not by something we did. It's the innate power of God through Jesus that we were able to be saved. We are his sons and his daughters, co-heirs with Christ even. We are truly sons and daughters of Abraham. That means we share in the blessings that were promised to Abraham. That's in the word. We have been made righteous through him. Praise the Lord. It's not possible on our own. We have been redeemed through him. Set right, turned around, put back upright if we are upside down. We've been forgiven through him. One and done. Right? Jesus went to the cross. He said, it is finished. He didn't say it is finished until next time. He said, it is finished, period. Put a plug in it. <laughs> it's done. When we start to walk in who we are in Christ, and that's just, that's like an ultra short list. The Bible's full of who we are in Christ. 
But when we start to walk in who we are in Christ, in the authority that has been given to us, greater things will we do, right? That's what Jesus said to us. I tell you the truth. This is John 14, 12 to 14. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, even greater works, because I am not going because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. That's Bible. Okay? A lot of the time we don't walk in that. Now that could be really taken out of context and become that Corvette faith where we're saying, Lord, you said anything. That red Corvette's looking awful nice on the lot. Okay. Within God's will, right? We need to be in communication with God and be seeking his will for our every day in the middle of all of it. But know who you are. Wear it on top. Put on that helmet of salvation and walk proudly with it, with our heads held high. Stand firm in who we are. And then there's the sword of the Spirit. No armor would be complete without a weapon. The sword of the spirit, the word of God. We are armed with the most powerful weapon in the universe. Do you know that? We are armed with the most powerful weapon in the universe, yet many can barely wield it from the shelf to the table. That's sad. While most of the rest of the armor is made to protect, the sword is what was meant to attack. Trevor pointed out on Thursday that there is no mention of armor on the back of us. I love that. Why is there no armor on the back of us? Because we were not meant to run away. We were meant to stand firm in our faith with our shield and our sword, ready to go, ready to fight, and if nothing else, to be running for it, because we've got shoes of the gospel of peace on our feet. Dust off your sword. <laughs> the word of God is alive and powerful. Imagine what a sword would look like if it was alive and powerful. Just throwing that out there. That's just off script. <laughs> Stand firm. Advance. Fight the good fight of faith. Block the enemy's attacks with the shield and thrust an attack of our own with the word of God. You know, that's how they block, attack, block, attack, right? It's not like a... Activate our stating faith and declare the word of God over situations. Power in the word of God. Get the word inside of us embody what, and embody what it says, right? There's power in memorizing scripture. I'm challenging myself right now as I say it. There is power in memorizing scripture because we're putting it deep inside of us. That means the sword can never leave us. That means the sword is never stuck on the shelf because it's become a part of who we are. Become obedient to the word, and the word will fight for you. 
I heard of a church recently where they would do, they're only doing like 10-minute messages, but they're simple, straight-to-the-point messages, and then they come back together, and next week they ask everyone, have you become obedient to the word? And if majority have not, they do a repeat. They speak the exact same word until they become obedient to the word of God. Are we becoming obedient to the word of God? John 1.1, it says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jumping ahead to verse 14, The Word became flesh and made its dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Praise the Lord. In the beginning, what did God do to create everything? He spoke it. The word of God advanced. Psalm 26 to 8, verses 6 to 8 says this, Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer from his holy heaven with the saving might of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. Whew. You know, as I was preparing this, there's this song that I've really come to like, and it's called Cages by We the Kingdom. We got to see it live, and it was like, oh, that's good. But the second verse is what really gets me going in that song, and I'm going to give you the lines of it because... It talks about us recognizing who we are and what we're wearing. And this is what it says. What if I got new armor? What if I swung my sword? What if I faced my demons like I've never done before? What if I hung my banner? What if I chose a side? What if I knew I could not lose this time? Right? How often do we go into a battle wondering if we're going to win? What would happen if we wielded that sword properly the way Jesus wants it to be wielded, and we go into that battle going, oh, this one's mine. There's no chance of me losing this because I know what I'm wearing. I know what I'm carrying. I know who I am in Jesus in this situation. Church, let's swing that sword like we've never done before. Now, for some of you, you might be going, well, that's intense. We're in a war. Always have been, always will be, until Jesus comes back in glory. We are battling things that are unseen. We face off against an enemy that is cunning and sly, but whose power pales in comparison to the one that is in us. Stand firm. Get on the whole armor. Don't go running into a battle with just the shield and breastplate on and forget the belt. You're going to be tripping all over your pants. Okay? It doesn't work well. Let's sharpen our swords so that when they strike, they make an impact. But the enemy's armor wouldn't even be able to block. Let's hold up one another as we stand firm in our faith. Let's lace our shoes up tight so that we can run with endurance. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions. With all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for the Lord's people. 
some other versions, and this is one of those spots where it's like, I wish I could just like blend two versions together. But some of the other versions say, with prayer and all supplication. Supplication is like earnest begging. It's going before God on our hands and face, crying out for one another. Let's cry out for one another. Philippians 1, 3 to 5 says this. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for you with joy. For you have been partners in spreading the good news about Christ since the time you first heard it until now. And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. That's the kind of prayers we should be praying for one another. Earnestly coming before the Lord, making our requests with joy. I want to make my request for each one of you with joy. When, when your name comes to mind, this is a verse that I memorized quite a while ago. And shortly after I memorized it, in the middle of the night, all of a sudden, all of these names started coming to mind. And it was like, I need to start praying for all these people right now. I start praying for them. People that I hadn't thought of in forever. Make your request with joy. Whenever I think of you, I give thanks to my God. That's what we should be doing when we think of one another. When all of a sudden I'm going through my week and Joey's name comes to my mind, Lord, thank you for Joey. Man, I pray that you would bless him. I pray that you would give him health. I pray that you would give him resources to further your mission. I pray that you would indwell him with your Holy Spirit on a whole new level, right? Let's do that as a church. And I strongly feel that this is a word for the church today, to stand, to get up and stand. You know what happens when we stop standing and we lay down on the ground like this? The devil keeps kicking you. <laughs> he doesn't stop. He wants to make sure you stay down. I'd rather stand back up and kick him back, right? Get out of here. Let's activate our standing faith. Armor up and get back in the battle. The day's only begun. We should be charging the gates of hell and pointing as many people back to Jesus as possible, right? That's what we're called to do as the church. He said that my, that <laughs> Jesus said that his church would go after the gates. Not even go after. He said that the gates of hell would not prevail. That he would build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail. Gates are meant to hold things in or hold things out. And if they're not prevailing, that means something's pushing against them. Right? That's the church. With no armor on our backs, it's all in. The things we are feeling that we feel called to, we need to stand firm in them. Stand firm in them. Regardless of what the opposition looks like, regardless of what's being said, regardless of you know, external voices trying to bash us down, beat us up. If we feel like we're called to a purpose, to a mission, we need to stand firm in that and trust that Jesus is going to come alongside us too. The enemy would love to distract us and get us off course. He would love for that. I, for one, am saying no. 
Jesus has a purpose for this body of believers. Stay the course and stand firm. Let's link up arm in arm in unity with one another and start to see the greater things that God can accomplish through us. Amen? While we stand, stand firm. Feet planted. Ready to run forward. I want to pray for everyone here today that we would start to shine up our armor, that we would dust the cobwebs off the pieces that we've left in the closet for far too long, that we would start to recognize again who we are and what we're wearing so that we can stand firm in our faith in Jesus. So Lord Jesus, I thank you for these people. I thank you for each one that has come this morning. And Lord, I pray that you would continue to speak to each one of us. I thank you that you've been building our faith week after week after week through this season, Jesus, and that this is just the beginning of the great things you want to see accomplished through this body of believers. So, Lord, I pray for them. I pray that they would dust off their armor. I pray that they would clean it up, shine it up, get it ready, feel good in it, Jesus, because it's made for them. This isn't like Saul's armor on David where it didn't fit quite right. It wasn't him. This armor is specifically designed for each individual person so that when we come together as a body, we would work as one unit. So, Lord, I pray that they would put their armor on every single piece. Wouldn't leave anything out, Jesus. And I pray that you would use us in a powerful, mighty way. Use us, Lord, in a powerful, mighty way. Thank you, Jesus. May we stand firm together, side by side, advancing forward on your mission, Jesus. And I just want to give an opportunity. If, if you've never asked Jesus into your heart, all of this can be yours too. That's where it starts. It's just the simple saying, Jesus, I need you. I need you in my life. I need you to come in and make a difference for me too because I'm struggling. I don't have it all together, but Jesus, you do. Jesus died for each one of us. He went to the cross to take all of the weight of the world, all of the sin in the world, which is our shortcomings, our failures, our disappointments, our mess-ups, our screw-ups. He took it all and said, you're forgiven. You're made clean. You're made righteous, just like we talked about in this message. Now, I want to give an opportunity with every eye closed and every head bowed, if that's you today and you want to say, I want Jesus in my life, I want you to just slip up your hand for me so I know who I'm praying for. And the beautiful thing about this is you only ever have to do this once and he's with us forever. Why doesn't everyone repeat with me? Lord Jesus, I ask you, to come into my life, to make me whole, to put on your righteousness. Lord, I pray that you would be my Lord and Savior, that I would walk with you all the days of my life. So I thank you, Jesus, for the miracle that it is that you have done for me.
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Party going off in heaven for anyone that did that for the first time. God is good. <laughs> Church, greater things are coming. Greater things are coming for you as individuals and us as a body. And it is only beginning. I am full of faith on that. And church, stand, run, go for it, go hard, press forward. And God's going to do amazing things with our body. Amen? Amen. Well, should we do a song? Okay. <laughs> Why don't I get the worship team to come and we'll figure out a song in two seconds here. And <laughs> I heard gratitude. We could do gratitude. So we'll do that. I have to share something God put on my heart really strong just then when Brad was speaking. It exact, goes, goes along exactly with what Brad was saying. Our unsaved loved ones, people that are out lost in the world, God said they're not lost, they're hostages. They're hostages. They're being held right now by the enemy. And you know what? This enemy can't be negotiated with. It cannot. So the only way we're going to get these people back into God's kingdom is to do what Brad said, fight, to stand, to go forward, to go get them and get them released because the enemy is not going to release them. So we got to go forward and get these people, our families, children, moms, dads, everybody that's out there right now, they're being held hostage. And we as the church are the army of God and we got to go get them. Yeah, just... Thank you.